1: And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in.
0: Hey, Leah, are you ready for today's episode? I am. It's good to hear from you again. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good. But you know, this is not my favorite topic of all the Uh-oh. clinical things we do that we're talking about today. <laughs> And so that's my own issues, but
0: um, but I'm always happy to talk through hard things with you. Oh, well, today we're talking about prenatal visits and if and why you should have them as part of your practice and what are they, what's the point? And yeah, lots of good stuff about prenatal visits. But before we get started... And to talk to your point that you opened with, my motivation tip today is don't let yourself get overwhelmed with the thought that you need to offer every possible class and every possible service because there are things that just don't suit your strengths. And and it's okay to say... That's not something that I want to do or that I feel like I want to develop my skills in. You don't have to be the everything for everyone IBCLC. You have to be the best version of you and putting yourself out into the world with your strengths because we all have unique strengths. And I think it's important to remember that there's no pressure, (laughs) Annie, there's no pressure. You don't have to do everything. You have to do what is best for you and what what really works for you in your practice as an individual. So that's my motivation today. I'll take it. (laughs) I I heard and received. Thank you. (laughs) So like we said, we're talking about prenatals today and how they could be part of your business or not. <laughs> so, let's just dive right in with thinking through what is a prenatal, why are we doing them, and why Annie doesn't like them. <laughs> do you want to start there, Annie? Tell us. We can start what,
1: there well, because what you got. I know why we do prenatals because prenatal education has been linked to increased rates of breastfeeding initiation and duration. They're definitely people who really benefit from The anticipatory guidance for dealing with certain medical conditions that they might have. I mean, there are like a million good reasons to be talking with people prenatally about breastfeeding and infant feeding. Absolutely. So, not arguing that. So for me, I definitely, you know, feel the passion. I really struggle in two areas. And the first is with just my delivery. I feel like being a class teacher even if it's a one-on-one class where I'm giving you information and you are taking it from me, I find that really challenging to do. And I'm way more excited by troubleshooting someone's actual situation than by educating them on a potential situation. I also have the luxury of knowing that the childbirth educators that I can refer people to are doing an outstanding job covering breastfeeding and I also know that in many of the hospitals they will get very good care by the hospital lactation consultants because we have a lot of hospitals I mean not all of them have lactation consultants but the ones that do those people do a fantastic job helping people in the hospital so the second place I struggle is just with logistics so a lot of people they want the the prenatal visit prenatally which means they are often still haven't taken time off from work yet. And so they want them to be done in the evening or on the weekend. And that is just very difficult for me with my family to make time for that. And then if I schedule a prenatal with them, there's also like we've created a a relationship, which is a great marketing reason to do them, to build your client base. But I don't have, I've been in the situation where I saw someone prenatally and then couldn't see them after their baby was born Mm. because of just timing worked out didn't work out. And I don't like that. I feel like it's, you know, like a bummer all around. Like I was looking forward to meeting their baby. We had established a rapport, you know, again, I'm really fortunate that I can refer them to someone else who's fantastic, but it just didn't work for me. It doesn't work for me on a business standpoint. Like I don't need, I don't need them for marketing to build my client base. And it causes
0: more trouble when I can't see them And just not doing them at all. Yeah. I could totally see your points there. We do them and I feel like they've been worked really well for our business. And it's something we do fairly regularly. And I really enjoy them because I feel like, Oh my gosh, I want to head off any issues. And my favorite is to really get to dive into the family's just ideas and thoughts and kind of help them, have a broader scope of like, what could this look like? And, you know, it's just so nice to catch them on that front end before the baby's even there and let them really kind of digest information in a quiet, peaceful way. (laughs) Versus I feel like it's so hard to teach and like open people's minds up once the baby's there. So it's such a neat opportunity to kind of reach them before any, Ideas have set in their way on how things are going to go. So, I've really enjoyed prenatals, but I can definitely relate to some of the points that you put out there because they're definitely scheduling is, is oftentimes an issue. We don't do evening, a lot of evening and weekends. I mean, we sometimes do, but not often. And so, that definitely it makes it more challenging with scheduling. And so I can totally relate to your points there. So, as we go into more about what a prenatal might entail, what are some of the things, if you did do a prenatal, Annie, in the times that you have done a prenatal, what are some of the things that are, are really high on your list that you're thinking about as you're going into the prenatal visit? yeah I mean, the
1: one thing is always to start by asking questions, you know things like what have you heard about breastfeeding? what have you heard about feeding your baby, and you're just getting them to kind of share where they're coming from, and then asking them what are your goals for feeding your baby? How do you picture all that and asking them about when they're returning to work because it is prenatally when when people are receptive to learning to really plant that seed that it is possible to continue giving milk to your baby after you go back to work. And that, you know, that's something that a lactation consultant can help you with. So I love, I love it for those two things. And I also love to really make sure that they are able to articulate why this is important to them, why it's important enough to them that they, hired someone to come one-on-one prenatally to talk with them. Like that that speaks to a very deep need. I do think the time can be well spent, you know, really honoring that and making space for that and just, you know, helping them see that, you know, there's there's what's possible and what could happen. And and those are, you know, your future is not something you can control. You don't, nobody knows if breastfeeding is going to work out and there isn't a a prenatal class. Is it going to make that certain, but by being really clear on why it's important to you, that can really help you be able to make proactive decisions if and when things don't go the way you thought they would versus just reacting out of fear that you're going to lose everything if you can't breastfeed.
0: Definitely. And I think that really speaks to this self-efficacy. You know, if they can articulate why it's important to them, they might be able to link that to visualizing themselves being successful breastfeeding, which we know the self-efficacy, feeling like you could actually do this is a big part of the initiation and duration of breastfeeding statistics. And they've done some uh, great studies, that mentality of like, this is something that I could achieve. And I think that starts with motivation, like why? Why do you even care? You know, and then and then you can really link that into helping them see that this is possible for them. I think so much of um, the prenatal is just helping with mindset, and you're definitely going to get some con- the, some good, you know, advice and information and and kind of teaching in there. Which I always like to really look at what is their baseline knowledge. Like you, like have they do they have any? any baseline knowledge, like, where do I need to start? Because I think you could waste a lot of time in a prenatal, assuming they know nothing. And then you're like, oh, they've already read, you know, the womanly art of breastfeeding. And, you know, they've already read five books. So I don't need to start at the super basics. I need to kind of help them pick out the things that are standing out to them as you know areas they need help with. So I think that kind of asking a lot of open-ended questions and finding out what their knowledge base is, is a big part of using your time wisely in the prenatal.
1: I really like that because it's coming in from a place where you're not making any assumptions about what they want, what they know, where they want to take this. And so I think there's that part of being really open to what their individual journey can be as a family. And then also being up to date on birth culture in your area. And just kind of, you know, if you do know things about the hospitals and to be able to prepare them, you know, to say, you know, that this hospital maybe doesn't have any lactation consultants at night. And so just here's some things that you can tell yourself, you know, if you're having a hard time at night, here's some, here's a little list of things that you can do. Or, you know, the one thing I always want anyone I see prenatally to know is if in doubt,
0: just start expressing your milk. Yeah, I always say that. that. And then we'll fix it later. Yes. Just like, please, please just, just if anything's not going as expected or really, I just think you know, hand express, just keep hand expressing and keep pumping. And we'll get together as soon after I always try to give them that like fallback plan. And then really just set the mindset of that, even if it's not working out day one through three, while you're still in the hospital, before we get to meet together, like don't panic. That has like almost zero (laughs) in my experience, like how it could turn out long run, you know, the moms are, if they get too stuck in, like, oh, it's just falling apart on day two, it's never going to work out. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, there's so many things that you will be able to work on. Don't get discouraged by if things don't feel like they're coming together really easily. And that's something I really want to help them to understand. And then making sure that they know that breastfeeding doesn't have to be one way or the other, it can be so many things and like opening their eyes to like, don't get too tied into like, it has to look this one exact way to be successful. I think is a, is a great time, prenatal time to do that because I think so much of our information out there is just kind of like exclusively breastfeeding for six months with nothing, you know, no bottles, no supplementation, you know? And I'm like, it could look so many different ways for so many I, different families.
1: I'm going to take just a minute to tell you about I've actually had a couple of moms on elimination diet because of a positive occult blood test in perfectly happy, healthy babies, and this makes really no sense at all, but that's one of the little take home messages. there are many. It's filled with nuggets and gems like that. Every second of this training is gonna give you things that you're gonna be able to use in your private practice so definitely sign up for that. You'll have once you're in, you're going to have all the way until May of next year to get through this content because it's stuff that you're going to want to watch and rewatch again. So we're so excited that Kathy put this course together for us. encountering the messages that are really harmful to families and babies you know and this is something in our episode about books that is covered in the big letdown is that when people think that breastfeeding is their choice so this is what Kimberly Seals-Aller said then it's their fault if it doesn't happen but she likes the framework that she uses is that when breastfeeding doesn't work out, it's because the system let that family down. So we can really get in there early and say, you know, you you have a right to have your body work the way it's supposed to work. And if things aren't working, we can help you. And that's independent of your choice of how you use your body is 100% up to you. That is for you. You do what you do what you need to do and want to do with your own body. But I'm here to help you figure out if your body, like how to have your body work the way it's supposed to work and troubleshoot if it's not, because your wellness is really important. You get wellness and choice. You can have both of those things. And that can really like take a lot of the pressure off of these families who are told like, you make one mistake and it's all over and it must mean you didn't want it enough. And that is, those are just lies from the the people who profit when breastfeeding doesn't work out and when babies can't get human milk, they make a lot of money. So they want you to think that it's super hard and that the possibility for failure is really high and they like, they like people in that place of fear because people spend money when they're afraid and we can really counter that by showing them that life is a lot more robust than
0: we give it credit for sometimes. Definitely. So I think there's a lot that we can, you know, help a family kind of guide them. And then certainly we're doing the clinical aspects too, you know, where we might need to do a breast exam, we might need to do some teaching because of a certain health condition or some anticipatory guidance because of that. So I think those are also certainly going to be big parts of a prenatal visit. And there's a lot of like ways to approach prenatal visits that I think we can think outside the box that are really great for business. And some people I've even heard of doing like, you know, group more of like a group type of prenatal visit you can certainly continue with the one-on-one. I think it's so helpful to let other people know that this is a service that you offer. Cause I think a lot of times the OBs don't even realize that this could be something that's offered and they might see something concerning or know something concerning about a patient's health, but then they don't really know, you know, kind of how to guide them on helping that family be as successful as they want to be.
1: Definitely. I mean, marketing this as a service, especially if you're really good at it and really passionate about it, really connecting with those other healthcare providers to know that you're doing this and to know what you have to offer, find out if insurance will cover it, you know, think about group offerings or one-on-one offerings. Some people might really want the personal, other people might find that a little overwhelming to be like just face-to-face with a lactation consultant with no baby there to kind of, diffuse things. I remember when I was pregnant with my older daughter, I went to a prenatal class. It was a group class that was taught by Leanne O'Connor. I feel like I've talked about her this so many times on this podcast, (laughs) but I just, it really, um, Made a, a huge impression on me just being in that room and having somebody who, like, she like clearly knew what she was talking about. And I remember in this part, she was having us hold baby dolls and showing us how to hold your baby when you're breastfeeding. And I had been a babysitter my whole life, so I held the baby the way I held a baby. And she came over and she was just like, "No, no, no, like this." And she just like turned the baby, and I was like, "Oh, oh," I was like, "That's a little intimate. Like, you want my baby to be like right up against me like that? Like it was, and it was very like good for me to be." pushed in that way. Cause I really, I really just had no clue what breastfeeding was about and what it needed to be. And was, and it, it really like, gee, she was just really confident. It was really informative. I also liked being in the group setting because the, it was, nobody was like looking at me. I didn't have to talk. I could just kind of listen and receive, but right. um, so there's something for everybody. And some people will do a group prenatal and have it be free, As a great marketing tool for your practice, to Mm -hmm. say once a month I'm doing a free prenatal, and maybe even at you know OB office, midwife practice, pediatric practice, as a way to just tell people what you do, and that that can be a fun you know, like hey, it's just one hour, learn how to breastfeed, and then you can hand out your cards, and people will make a connection with you. Maybe they'll hire you to be your lactation their lactation consultant, and I've heard that work really well for some people.
0: Yeah, I think that just one consideration you'd have to have in that type of setting is it's going to be definitely more of broad general class. You wouldn't be kind of asking people about their specific health concerns and going through history like you would maybe in a one-on-one. So I think there are like these more generalized classes that can be done in a group setting and then you have maybe some families that need deeper look into their history and their health concerns and they might really benefit from a one-on-one class and that's them that you, I mean, a one-on-one, not class, but like a one-on-one prenatal. And that's certainly something that you can be doing some triage work for and making sure that when people are looking at what services you offer, you're distinguishing between the two that like, this is a class, this is a group setting, and this is a one-on-one and dives a little deeper into you individually. Definitely. And another great source is to reach out to childbirth educators
1: in their area in- To reach out to childbirth educators in your area, because you might find that they're like, well, I teach breastfeeding, but it's actually not my favorite part of my comprehensive childbirth ed series. Maybe there's a possibility to come in and be the breastfeeding teacher for that childbirth educator and getting access to their cohorts. Those can be really great relationships to facilitate.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So this can be a great way to market your business, especially if you're first starting out. I think this is a, a great way to build clientele and and presence in the community and especially in the birth community, which we know we get a lot of great referrals from. So definitely. I don't know, are you feeling a little bit better about prenatals now?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I am. And you know, as I talk about them, obviously I have a passion for what a prenatal visit can achieve in, in a family. And I've seen it in my own life and seen it in my clients. It's something that I will probably revisit when my children are older and I'm not, you know, the dinner bedtime thing doesn't take three hours every day <laughs> to get my people and oh homework gosh. and all of those responsibilities oh, yeah. I have as a parent. So it is something that I can see myself doing in the future, but I'm also, you know, I'm gonna stick with my policy that I don't do pre- yeah. right now <laughs> and I'm okay with that.
0: Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, as we wrap up today, I know you have a tech tip for us, Annie, what you got? I do. So using G Suite, if
1: you're using G Suite for your email calendar and document storage, you can use G Suite sites and you can create a not very pretty, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I mean, but it doesn't have to be a little site where you can host Prenatal resources that you want to make available to people who've done your class or that you've worked with one-on-one, but you don't necessarily want to give them all away on your website as like a public page. And if you use a Google site, you can keep it private; it won't be indexed or publicly available. You can share it with people, and it'll look just like a web page. Any those of you with um, some of you with kids might maybe your your kids' classrooms have this for like homework. My my fourth graders they have a a Google site page, and that's where the teacher puts the homework and it's like not pretty but it doesn't have to be pretty cuz it's not branded it's not re- representing you in that really you know forward facing way it's just a resource hub and you can really just call it that and then that way you're not having to like update your pdf every time you find a new link you mm-hmm. just have this private link that you can share with people after the visit.
0: Well, I really like that Annie that's a great tip and now I'm going to have to go start on a new project thanks so much (laughs) awesome awesome well it's been fun talking to you today annie and i look forward to our next time together
1: me too and and hopefully we will see some of you on our next deeper dive we are having such a good time going deeper 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 into topics and hope you will join us for the next one all right leah take care
0: talk to you soon bye annie bye If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live Deeper Dives And also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020. Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.